With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and see your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. And welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast right here on Fishbowl Radio and among uh, other streams as well. Welcome Facebook family, Twitch, Twitter, uh, YouTube, if I'm missing anything. My name is Jamie and today is May 23rd, 2023 and we have a special guest today. She is writing a memoir. Well, actually the memoir came out, I think almost a year ago. And so, uh, sit behind the nets. Let's welcome, uh, Jenna Brody. And we apologize for the delays, guys. I got a little confused on the little, uh, streams that they were talking to, talking to me about all that stuff. So that's my fault. So anyways, welcome. Welcome, Jenna. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Jamie. All right. All right. Sounds good. Now sit behind the nets. Uh, Tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about about um, what what the fans need to know about when they go to these games. Sure, <clears throat> as you mentioned earlier, sit behind the nets. It's a memoir of a mother killed by a foul ball at Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. or an MLB game um, in twenty eighteen. Okay. So I just finished the book. Actually, went published and live. This February, Nothing so else. I appreciate um, you getting it out into the world because I want people to go to the games. I want them to support their favorite fans, their favorite, excuse me, their favorite players. Yep. But use the inventory, look at the seating, and make sure you get a seat behind the nets. It, those foul balls are extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. On my book, I talk about you know how many uh, over twelve hundred people were injured every year, oh, let gosh. alone the deaths and. Right. You just don't know what's going to happen. So if you sit behind the nets, you're safe. That's what. That's my message. Okay. So, so do you think that MLB has done enough to protect the fans? Because I feel like I haven't gone to a baseball game since 2014, 2015, and I don't think they have done enough to protect the fans sitting behind the nets. So. Has MLB it's done really a slow process? So, mm. and uh, it's surprising though. In 2018, um, it, they had just extended the nets, and they were very proud of themselves mm-hmm. to the dugouts. Right. So that's what happened. My mom, um, six months prior, you know, was at Dodger Stadium, and the ball went up behind the nets into the loge area, mm-hmm. and. Um, 40,000 people, the ball hit my mother. And four oh, days later, she so died sorry. of brain hemorrhage. So Ooh. it's pretty deadly, even that high. Yeah. 
Um, but it's ironic because I was Googling, you know, people injured, people died. There was no news on my mother at all. Right. No, every wow. time I told the story, people's mouths just fell open. What? Right. I can't believe I never heard about this. What are you talking mm -hmm. about? Right. So I Googled up, um, you know, injured players in, in, in baseball games and mm -hmm. an amazing ESPN article came up by Willie Weinbaum saying, oh, injuries have gone down this right. year since we extended to the dugouts. How fabulous. Right. Only one death has happened since 1970. Wow. Um, and that's when it caught my eye. I, I wrote right back to him. I said, how can I get that statistic changed? My mother just died in August. So and sorry. he was floored. He's like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, what are you talking about? So right. then the Pandora's box, the can of worms opened up. I got inundated by all the reporters, and I right. got a lot of press. Mm -hmm. But, um, again, it didn't happen overnight. They right. didn't just say, oh, my God, somebody died. Let's all raise the nets. Right. It was a very slow process, like you said. They weren't doing enough quickly right. enough. Right. And kids getting caught on camera, yep. getting injured. Players were witnessing the kids getting hit on camera. Yes. It became so awkward mm -hmm. that they had to raise the nets and extend the nets more. So, right. unfortunately, it's low, like you mentioned. Well, well, have you have you talked to the commissioner? Well. Well, no one gets through the commissioner other than his assistants. So, so has anybody addressed this with the commissioner of baseball? Well, you, again, being a layperson and being hush hushed, you know, yeah. the story was kind of covered up. Mm -hmm. I wrote a very long, you know, it's in the book, a five page or so yeah. um, letter to the commissioner mm -hmm. and um, mailed it in a big envelope and certified yeah. mail and all that. And actually got returned to me unopened. What? So he, I, my, I may have gotten the wrong floor number, but that is a massive building in New York. Right. Um, and if it went to the mailroom, I would have thought that they would could get it to the met, to the commissioner, but right. it got returned. So that was kind of strange. And then I resent it again right. and never heard anything. But wow. again, the MLB is big business and they're kind of on the down low is my thought. That's crazy. You would think that MLB will make the, make the uh, fans feel safe as the players. I think it's more of the players' safety than the fan safety when you go go to these games. Um, yeah. So so without the commissioner, have you addressed the Dodgers with this? Well, again, there is such a thing called the baseball law that was made in the nineteen twenties. Right. And on the back of the ticket, it says, enter at your own wrist in tiny, tiny letters. And then wow. under that, in really big letters, it says, $1 off Farmer John Hot Dog. So it's very teeny. And now with electronic tickets, adds, adds. I don't think it's popping up right when you buy your ticket. You right. probably have to do a couple clicks to see the dangers in that law. Right. But that is a protection. That protects mm. them from all those injuries um, any lawsuits, yes. any damages done. Absolutely. So it's a known fact that there's, you know, really nothing can be done illegally. Right. But humanitarianly, they, yeah. they should have stepped up and said, oh my gosh, I was surprised they didn't use it as a PR form mm -hmm. and say, oh, we're going to be the first ones to raise the nets, you know, right. Dodger Stadium. We right. don't want, this happened twice in our stadium. Mm -hmm. Once Alan Fish in 1970 and once Linda Goldblum in 2018. Yeah. This is, but they did not. They were one of, you know, mm -hmm. they didn't 
acknowledge it at first. It was only the stadiums that had the young children right. that acted more quickly. And um, the commissioner actually put out a statement saying each stadium has its own configuration. We're going right. to do a research and find out. Sh mm -hmm. It was very silly. doesn't That's matter silly. what configuration it is. Mm -hmm. Put up the nets, you know. Wow. So it, it was a wow. That's crazy. So it would take bigger voices to get to get uh, people around baseball to do something about it. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to get a little personal a little bit. So tell us about your mother. What was she inspired to you, and uh, and what do the fans need to know about your mother? Well, it's cute because in the book I reference her as Bubby, B-U-B-B-E, <laughs> that's a Jewish grandma, and that's what she was. She was a loving, caring, you know, funny lady who would listen to your stories, would tell stories, and she was, um, my dad was a wrestling coach at Pierce College in the San Fernando Valley of California, and, um, you know, they were sports fans, they had a block of tickets, they went regularly to the games they were big fans for years i grew up going to dodger stadium with ron, steve garvey ron say davy loves that was my team mm -hmm. and um so yeah she loved baseball mm -hmm. you know and supported it and she you know this was just a disregard that she there was never anything that even said yeah. you know recipes linda not even a sticker on the on, the, really? on her you know it, so that was heartbreaking wow. but Basically, she was an ordinary person who had an extraordinary death, right. and thankfully, through using my voice and contacting the press, and mm -hmm. um, I was able to make changes in a positive way. So her death was not in vain. There's a legacy in her name. Mm -hmm. Anything you Google Linda Goldblum, there's you know half a million stories. Every time someone currently gets hurt. Mm -hmm. they mention her name you know yeah. don't forget this could have been worse linda right. died you know right. so i feel like her name is living on and her mm -hmm. energy and her spirit and thanks to me and you know me being a big mouth i got That's the good. word out and now through my book even if you don't read the book you can read just the title right. and you learn uh, something you know special sit behind the nets don't mm -hmm. take a chance with your children don't take a chance with your grandma just they have the raised the inventory they have put up the nets mm -hmm. so just you know take caution and be take careful caution. those balls are coming you know so much different than they did in 1920 wow. so wow yeah <laughs> i bet <laughs> i bet um wow that, that that's very inspiring very inspiring Thanks. story so so with that being said, where would you tell fans like myself? Because I'm going to a baseball game, and maybe uh, maybe in the summer. Where would you tell somebody, somebody, somebody that like me? I don't have a family of my own, but where would you tell someone to sit at? Well, again, you can pick your seats. It's just like going to the theater. Mm -hmm. They, you know, you can go online and you can see where you know the areas are covered and. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to spend on your, your budget, obviously, there's a lot yeah. of high price tickets, there's of a lot course. of low price tickets, but again, them. you know, the first, first baseline and the third baseline were the most dangerous, and right. those are the lines that have been covered because the nets are going clear to the foul poles now. Sure. So I would sure. suggest, you know, those are good seats, sit behind one of those lines and, um, mm. just not too high because not you might be high. just above the, 
the netting. And again, every stadium is different. Um, yeah. I don't know what who's your team or you know, oh. but you just have to look at the mm-hmm. look at. It's amazing, you know, how you can pick your seat now. So right, well, sit behind the nets, Jamie. Be safe. Uh, <laughs> I'll try my best. I've never been to Globe Life Field, which is that is the new stadium that the Rangers built two years ago. Um, so I'm anxious to see it, see it live, see how Excellent. it goes. Um, before I let you go, uh, tell people where they can find this book or, uh, if there's an audio version and, and provide, provide a tip of, of, of how, how we can, um, you know, support your mom in, in later times. Well, um, that tip would just be, you know, love your mom, love your grandma, you love each other, you never know what's in store for you, go to the ball game, and she never came home, so (laughs) God forbid, (laughs) you just never know what's in store for you, Right. Um, just enjoy the moment, and I'd love to support of the book, it's called Sit Behind the Nets, a memoir of a mother killed by a foul ball at mm-hmm. an MLB game. It's available on Amazon Books, mm-hmm. uh, Barnes & Noble. Yes. It's local bookstores here in Santa Barbara, California. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love the support. I think it's not only a baseball book, it's a human interest story. So yes. even if you're not you a true baseball fan, it, it taught, I get a lot of people you know, saying, oh, it reminds me of my mom's stories. It right. reminds me of my, you know, grandma. And it, it's, um, it balances humor and tragedy. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely readable. So uh, thank you, Jamie. Well, no problem. It's, 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 I think when I read it, the first few pages, it, I got a little humor out of it. And then I saw the pressures that it released. I was like, oh, man, that's tough. But we wish you well. Um, thank you for joining us on the show. Um, and come back anytime to share any, any, any stories that you have. Thank you. Thank you. The, in the last chapter of the book talks about minor league baseball. There was mm-hmm. a mandate that they're going to raise those nets, but they gave them two years to do it. So wow. I might be coming back saying, why are you waiting two years? People are going to get that's injured weird. in those two years. Yeah, so that's, that's weird. everybody yeah. sit behind the nets and, um, Support Jamie too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jenna. And that is the wonderful Jenna Brody. Sit behind the next. Get it. Get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your books at. Thank you, Jenna. Now coming up next, we got Warren Marlow. He is the host of the podcast Buzzing with Marlow. We will talk to him next. It's Fishbowl Radio. No me importa lo que de mí se diga Vive usted su vida, que yo vivo la mía Que solo es una, disfruta el momento Que el tiempo se acaba y va atrás no verá Bebiendo, fumando y jodiendo Sigo vacilando de parito los días
la botella para arriba. Siempre la móvil la tenemos prendida. Vamos a mandarla hasta que se haga de día. Sigo rulito que es la mía. Salió el sol.
Back to the Beyond the Game podcast right here on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie, and um, we have another special guest here. He is the host of Buzzing with Marlo. Let's welcome Warren Marlo to the line. How's it going, man? How's it going? Hey, everything's all right, man. Everything's all right. How are you doing, sir? Oh, man, it's been a week. Let's just put it this way. Who would have thought turning 32 would be all extravagant oh. as much as it's for. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. from all that, man. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. Um, so, I want to know how I listened to your podcast last night. Uh, uh-huh. it, it was fabulous. Uh, funny. Uh, so, I want to know how did you, you get into this wrestling business? All right. Um, uh, needless to say, uh, high school performer. I played basketball all through grade school, basically. I mean, I lived playing mm-hmm. basketball. Right. Um, got into football, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Always been a jock and stuff. Uh, yes, I say I went to play college at, uh, I meant go to college, FAU, to walk on and go play basketball. Nice. And, um, yes, I say 
got someone pregnant. Uh, you know, every every sports athlete's dream is just, you know, oh, man, you turn into being a dad, it's all gone type scenario. Uh, but in reality, I wanted to be a father and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, two years. I uh, got to be an awesome experiences with my son and stuff like that That's you know good. my kid being autistic and oh, special so needs and stuff like that um you take a it takes a lot of toll on on a relationship not only just a relationship just for very young individuals as me and mm. his mom were we were only like in our early 20s wow. i remember my 21st birthday mm. uh I've got a soccer mom van, and mm-hmm. I'm getting Mike's Hard Lemonade, and I'm thinking that's the way to celebrate a 21-year-old party, <laughs> you know, having being a daddy and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but needless to say, uh, me and his mom didn't work out. Okay. Um, stuff happened, yeah. and frustrations get to it. And I mm-hmm. mean, anybody want to know? You can just go to the episodes and stuff and find out mm-hmm. the rest of it. But uh, definitely. Definitely, I want to know. Got me into the world of pro wrestling due to anger and stuff like that. Instead okay. of me doing something I could regret and, you know, right. be confounded in trouble for, for a long time, which I know a lot of people have gotten wrongfully accused of the court system, you know, regarding mm-hmm. parental issues and stuff like that. So right. that's really what got me into the world of pro wrestling. Uh, someone reached out to me. Um, actually, you know, I'll give him the knowledge of uh, a friend of mine, he was mm-hmm. close with a promoter out in my area in Jacksonville, and right. his name was Chris Turner. Okay. Um, he ran a wrestling promotion nice. and a wrestling school outside of Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called Cognitive Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I done it just because mm-hmm. I was a fan of The Rock. I've loved John Cena. I've loved nice. Randy Orton and stuff like that. Okay. But in my eyes, I never was that guy okay. that I could see myself appeal to that to that look but chris turner kept telling me he's like hey man i could see you being a star and you know gloating me up gaslighting it whatever you want to call it yeah and uh (laughs) got me into it yeah uh i did it i did it just to try it okay um and fell in love with it and got more involved with wrestling than i ever did when i was a kid i mean my mom my mom, she lived watching the Attitude Era. Oh my gosh! Right. If anybody remember the Attitude Era, it was it was on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, damn near every day, just wow. on WWE. Wow! And you know, it got me so excited about mm-hmm. just everything going on. Like, like I said, right. like you can take frustration out. I've learned so much from wrestling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Went to the training school, did really well, excelled my first year. Okay. Um, Never thought I'd wear a mask ever right. in my life. Right. Um, right. But I was very shy when it came to a crowd, which it's so weird when you hear people say that they're shy to a mm. crowd when I've played yeah. basketball in gyms, I've done mm. football, all this stuff. And it's right. like, you know, I still, you can still get that, that feeling. Okay. And, you know, being in a mask, mm. I got, like, I, I say it all the time, it's like my Superman cape. <laughs> and you know, Warren Marvel was Clark Kent. American mm. Prodigy was Superman. And the way I know a lot of people when they look at the character, like, "Hey, man, you know that's a Deadpool mask. It's American Prodigy's mask. I got it <laughs> licensed. I've done all this stuff." Um, before yeah. I debuted, um, 
I got a, a film, a, a mask creator in Japan and uh-huh. they were, and they were like, so what do you want? And I was like, you know what? I see everybody's got masks mm. that have their eyes open. Mm. You can see their face and stuff like that. I said, right. if I put on a mask, you're going to know who the heck I am. Cause yes. one, I have a big nose. It's going to stand out everything and people are going to, you see my eyes, you're going to know it's me. So right. I told him, I said, I wanted a mixture of Power Ranger meets mm. Spider-Man. Right. And apparently they got an assumption that it needed to look like Deadpool. Right. And we just put red, white, blue on it and was like, wow. hey, it's not Deadpool. It's different. <laughs> it's red, white, blue. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I had a whole month argument with them about that, but they're like, hey, it's going to go well. It's going to go well. It's going to go well. <laughs> and needless to say, not even a month before I debut, Deadpool movie comes out and, you know, oh, the rest wow. is history on that. Oh, but my gosh. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed the transition when I learned with wrestling. Like I said, mm. it, it, it helped me with so many depression issues that I've had in my oh, past. That's good. Um, I don't know what topics we're trying to, I know we're supposed to be covering sports and stuff, so I don't want to kind of be in no. that sappy mode and I talk about what, what I had to go through right. to get me into a wrestling standpoint. Mm-hmm. But like I said, there's the little plug. If you want, just go yeah. to listen to the old episodes. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm an open book on these things. I just hate being in robo mode every time talking about it. I would definitely do that. (laughs) Now, um, I watched a little bit of, I watched a little bit of the WWE and Mm -hmm. I want to know, I want to know this. I want to know two, two guys. So you got Trisha Stoutis. If I'm pronouncing her name correct. <laughs> yeah. Trish yeah. Trisha status. That's, that's the wrestling that I, uh, that, uh, because I watch her clips on YouTube, all that stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, Randy Orton. So I want to know, mm-hmm. are they done in your eyes with the WWE? Oh, man. Honestly, man, when I talk about Randy, uh, I've grown up watching Randy mm-hmm. so much. Right. Um, the funny thing is, and a lot of people don't know about this, is Randy first started out, his first dark match in WWE was in Uh Jacksonville, Florida, and he was playing as a security guard. Right. And Randy got to do a dark match Mm -hmm. against, um, at the time, it was Brock Lesnar. Right. And um, they both were not known or anything, so they were wrestling. My mom just caught an eye, and this dude just bat an eye at my mom, and she just, like, mm. falls over. Like, this was, wow. like, the cutest thing for my mom. Like, mm. he just winked at her and stuff like that. So I've always had, like, a thing about Rainer. Like, mm. yeah, he could have been my dad. <laughs> just kind of joke around <laughs> with it and just play around with it. But it's like, you know, all the stuff he's went through it and stuff. And, mm. you know, I've witnessed with uh, my fair share of injuries and stuff and wrestling and stuff. Mm. Uh a back injury is not to play with. Right. Um, I don't believe he's fully done. Okay. I feel like, you know, always constantly on the road and stuff like that, that's got to be done, obviously. Sure. But he could come, he can come in and out if he wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, honestly, he doesn't have anything left to prove. Mm-hmm. Now, Trish Stratus' standpoint, the woman don't even look like she aged one bit no, from I... any time that we watched wrestling right. back then. I joke with people. I was like, it was Kimberly from the Pink Ranger, Kelly Kapowski, <laughs> and Trish Stratus. Those were my three uh, crushes when I was mm. little, and that's never going to end right. at all. Um, mm. Trish, the way she moves and stuff is like like she's never skipped a beat or something. So I don't right. think she's done. I, I think, obviously, you know, mm. always on the road, stuff like that, she's done. Sure. But 
I hope, really hope we get something really good showcased with Trish now because she really tried to approach a women's division right. a different way than what it was presented on TV. At, right. at our younger ages, we know what the women's division was. Yeah. Uh, are we complaining about these bikini contests and stuff? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and be like, yeah, you know, that was terrible. The heck no, man. I'm, a, I'm like eight, nine years old. Yeah, I want to see this girl in the bikini. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and the funny thing is when they were talking about this is, I was like, you know, that is very true. They never had Trish drivers in a bikini contest because they knew there was no competition if, right. if she would do it. But was, she I had showed presented a presentation for both visuals. She went from a very pretty face, her uh, Lita, mm-hmm. the main event in a Monday Night Raw to really showcase that women can wrestle. Wow. Um, wow. So <laughs> I love the fact that Trish is getting to come back now mm-hmm. and showcase that and mm-hmm. hopefully expand it a little bit more. Even though they don't need it, right. I feel like this is a cool presentation. Even better, it's, it's a it's a better standpoint for Becky Lynch okay. because Becky needs right. something right. to keep going. Right. I think this is a good motivational standpoint because, you know, right. She's almost at the borderline of her career as well. Mm. And like I've learned numerous times, I used to laugh about it when I was wrestling, you know. <laughs> Remember your bump card? And I used to shrug on it and be like, yeah, mm. I'll, I'll think about it when I'm 50. And then when I had my neck injury and stuff like oh that, God. it really scares you. It really right. scares you. And, and it like really, mm. it really makes you fearful of things to yeah. do because obviously right. you miss it. You want to do it more. But you right. know your body can't handle it as much anymore. Right. And I think that's what a lot of the wrestlers mm-hmm. are understanding now because right. obviously the pace and everything is so much different. Right. But I think Trish is really going to make an, an involvement for the women's okay. standpoint, even if it's a one-off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Randy, I hope it's not. I really hope it's not. <laughs> I really hope it's not. <laughs> you want him around until he's like 50-something. <laughs> um so Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Ronda Rousey. So uh how do you feel about her transition from UFC to WWE? I feel like I feel like she's struggling a little bit. Um What do you think? About I think Ronda is now and this is something I've learned in wrestling. you got to find that good dance partner. And I feel like sure. Ronda's always had the good dance partners mm. to really help her right. um, really correct the stuff that she was missing. Mm-hmm. And now it's the standpoint she wants to be on the road more and stuff. I mean, you got to respect Ronda for this. Ronda doesn't have to do this. Right. Like, Ronda no, does, does not have not. to go on a Raw or a SmackDown at all. Mm-hmm. She could just be a pay-per-view fighter and that be it. Right, and you're still going to draw money to watch her because mm. it's Ronda freaking Rousey. <laughs> um, but and I and I, bro, sad thing is the wrestling fans are so wishy washy on so many things. Love them to death as well because you know they pay our bills at the same time. Mm. But it's like they they're like an on and off switch. Like there's one yeah. moment that they can like somebody. And if they mm. have one bad match, they already assume it's like, mm. Oh, they can't wrestle type scenario. Mm. And that's something like, it really bothers me at times because mm. like I, and I kind of startle people when I say this, I'm like, have you been in the ring? Have mm. you took one bump to sit here and tell them that they can't bump properly? Right. Like that is just something that really takes strong 
core to anybody because mm-hmm. Ronda does not have to do this because wrestling, no. not at all. it doesn't matter what way you do this, you are going to hurt in the long span, especially mm-hmm. plus the times that she has done jujitsu, MMA, yep. and yep. stuff like that and for her to yep. evolve in the UFC. Mm-hmm. She has a name to herself. Mm-hmm. And that's actually been a positive for WWE, especially mm-hmm. with this merger now. Right. Hopefully they can really find somebody that can really go with Ronda and right. get her back to that stardom standpoint mm-hmm. to where it can make a good involvement. Because like with this merger with UFC, it's a good and bad sometimes because I, I think sometimes, you know, Dana White, most of these guys thought it was a joke with right. wrestling. Right. But in reality, they're trying to put the same stuff that you watch in WWE into the UFC. Right. AKA the the press conferences, the weigh ins Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They try to do promos and stuff like that to sell tickets. Mm -hmm. Like a boxer. They want to do these things to sell tickets and stuff. Right. I honestly believe they really can't really do well with it because it's just they're not they're not that person. That Mm -hmm. is not their showcase. And I feel like with wrestling Mm -hmm. you have to do all these things. You don't get a take to you don't get all these things like you got you doing your own stunts. It's not like we're paying <laughs> right. somebody to take the bumps for us, mm-hmm. and we're and we're just covering the person going one two three up mm-hmm. we win type. If that was the case, <laughs> none of us would be hurt if that's a, if that was a reality. But um, it's just the fact that you know the showcasing as a longevity standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, been a good thing for wrestling. Mm. and UFC because it's bringing two different audiences mm. into one product mm. like when we say like when we put Brock Lesnar in the UFC you're bringing a mm. WWE off a wrestling audience right. into a UFC product so I mean right. it's best of both worlds and things but like I said Ronda's just had a little bit of salty moments just because there are his matches that mm. we've already seen that it's been troubling for her to sure. keep up with Okay. And also, the wrestlers got to understand, you know, okay, if they can't do all these things, I need mm-hmm. to make it to where I can make this person look the way that they need to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the things that I've learned in wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's not about the wins and losses. It's about, of, you know, how you can tell the story, mm-hmm. what story you're trying to address to the crowd, mm-hmm. and if the crowd's even having an emotional through from the bell-to-bell standpoint. Mm-hmm. Connection. The emotional connection yeah. towards the uh, wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I want to switch it to basketball for a little bit. So, Ooh. who is your who is your team in basketball? And All right, I, man, me. I'm a, I'm a Florida fan, so you're a Florida fan. I gotta go oh, God. The hometown team. Oh, Miami. I gotta go through the two hometown teams right now. <laughs> Obviously, everybody would say the Miami Heat, but I'm a Orlando Magic's fan. Um. I tell people all the time, if I have a vacation, I'm going to Orlando before anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to laugh because... uh, I'm very simple, man. I'm a family guy, so, you know, Orlando's probably going to be our nine times out of ten vacation trip. (laughs) So you just go to Orlando not to watch the team, but to go on vacation. I Believe it or not, as many times as I've been to, like, basketball camps and stuff, I've never been to an NBA game. Huh. Um, Interesting. it's it's scary to think about it sometimes, it, it, and I have to even go back and think like, have I really never been to an NBA game? Like I've watched yeah. NBA in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like I really like everybody asks me who's my favorite player. I always say Tracy McGrady. Like okay. I've been Tracy so McGrady. keen with the Magic's from mm-hmm. you know 
I mean, I'm not great when it comes to picking sports at standpoint right. because Florida right now, we haven't um, had the best sports. No. Uh, college. I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan. You're we haven't Miami been relevant since 91. Oh That's when gosh. I was born. Um, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars, we finally have been relevant again after 09 disasters, cheat, whatever we want to call that. Right, so, I mean, but I love sports as, as a whole. But, but um, Definitely the Magics. I think mm. they've been building themselves up pretty well. I would love to see them actually make the playoffs again. <laughs> I mean, gosh, it's been since '09, and we've been a long we time. Lost, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man! Well, that was that was. He uh, gave away Aaron Gordon, and if you take it back further, Dwight Howard was I, the, was I in his. If I was in that management, I never got rid of Dwight Howard. That '09 team. We should have kept for at least three years. Three if years. we kept for three years, three we would years. at least have one championship on belt with that team. And you have Stan Van Gundy as the head coach. I think his best years were were in Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. So special <laughs> <laughs> So now this is a complete transition where you got Pablo Bencaro as the main lead. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, Johan Mosley is the uh, is. He needs more time over there. Um, yeah, uh, that team it, it, they're they're going to be on the uprise. As much as I say they're going to backwards, I, just give it time and see what see where it goes. Now, Miami. I don't think that's the standpoint with like sports as itself, man. Like right. we we've got these. We've got these things what we want to attack so much. We're like, all right, mm. we're not good now. Okay, what's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to get rid of this coach. That's yeah. the worst thing to do because that's if you get rid of that coach, that's the microchip for your whole organization. Right. And that's something I've learned getting older, too, because, right. like I said, man, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan. <laughs> I could tell you six Miami Hurricanes head coaches I've had in the last five years, and that's embarrassing to say. I mean, it's just like when you get rid of a coach – it messes up a whole system for the progression of your team. It does. It does. It's crazy. And right now with Miami Hurricanes, right now with the NIL uh, deals going on, going on all all crazy and stuff, uh, if that coach were to get fired in Miami, then you got to understand where the players lie. Because, you know, the players, they use that NIL, they they use that college and the coach, and, and the relationship was the coach. So, yep. um, if he, so if Mario Cusabal were to get fired next season, cool. you got to understand the players are going to go wherever they see fit. And maybe the NIL money will not be there, but you know, the fit will. But I want to say that I want to, I want to say this tonight. We got Miami and Boston. So I know. Cool. You, I know you, you, you live in Jacksonville. <laughs> what do you think about, what do you think about this Miami Heat team? And oh, where can, where, you know, are, do you compare J- Jimmy Butler to Michael Jordan? Let's, let's discuss about it. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't see, I would say Jimmy Butler is Michael Jordan. Okay. I would say, you know, Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. I mean, sure. that's the thing that we've got 
so many problems, and I and this isn't anything that we're doing now. Is right. we compare everything to a generation, <laughs> like everybody's talking about the Kobe. I honestly still would put Kobe over a lot of these guys that they sit here and say they're in the top five. Because honestly, if we want anybody that was a, a that copy of Michael, mm-hmm. Kobe is that guy. Now, Same an overall player, pressure to pressure. I gotta stick with LeBron because LeBron, yep. yep, he's he has literally went through. I don't know if we can cuss it or on this show yeah, or go not. Ahead, go ahead, um, cuss away. He's went through hell and back, man. Like yeah. LeBron's went through like a like honestly, if we want to reference this, this looks like a relationship from hell for him <laughs> from an ex girlfriend that just drags him out from the dirt from beginning to the end. Um, I mean, it's been so insane just to see this stuff mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a lot of things I agree that LeBron should have done? No, but right. I mean, overall, mm-hmm. LeBron's with the same woman he's been with since he got into the league. Yes, he's a faithful husband. He's right. a father to these kids. He right. does. He he is in the kids' lives regardless mm-hmm. of how crazy his schedule is. He yep. puts his family first. He does. He's putting kids in schools mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, you can't fabulous. hate this. Like, it, it's so insane to me. Like, mm-hmm. when, like that's like, if, if honestly you want to give me an example like that, I'm sitting there like, you know, that's why people are like, when I say, you know, John Cena's the GOAT, people look at me and go, what? I said, right. yeah, because Cena's went through hell and back since <laughs> the Rock and Austin. We went from an era that literally was at a pause. Mm -hmm. And I feel like basketball has been at a pause since Michael, since Kobe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, LeBron, I feel like is the last part of that generation. Uh, That's what we talked about. Jimmy Butler is young, hungry. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, man, the playoff Jimmy Butler, Mm -hmm. that's a different animal. So I could see where people reference with the Michael standpoint, but, the biggest thing is Jimmy's got to finish. And those are some things like I mm. noticed with him too is if Jimmy's on, mm. I need the whole team on. Like right. we, one player right. doesn't win the whole game. I mean, not, not everybody's like the Golden State done. Warriors. It's never done that. It's never done that. And even with the Golden State, Golden State have, can have like one or two guys. That's what I reference the Heat as, the Avengers. Mm. Or, <laughs> you know, this season since the Lakers are out, I'm going with, you know, the Heat is like Thanos right now. And Jimmy Butler is Thanos, and he's running through everybody like an Infinity War. So I, I think, you know, the ceiling is tonight. I wish Boston would have gave more of a fight, but they're done. I love I got I got to have Boston a little bit of a heart in my soul because obviously with this podcasting world, it's uh-huh. grown so much network with me. You know, I'm very close with a particular group in boston uh-huh. and they're diehard celtics fans wow and uh <laughs> i guess i'm giving them a tissue box after tonight <laughs> you might want that you might want that three five heat's looking hot and ready and they, they come in for some nuggets later oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, Tatum has done what he can. Tatum's played like crap half this playoffs, though. He has. Um, he has been. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. <laughs> he, he's he, he's looked undetermined. Um, I feel like he's not aggressive enough. Al Horford. Al Horford has pissed me off. You talking yes. about a guy that is? 
Listen, I started the, I started this league with this guy. So he should be literally catching up with the Heat like head yeah. on, regardless if it's Butler or not. Like mm-hmm. that Celtics team, if they legit were that team that mm-hmm. brought them into that playoffs, right? Honestly, I thought the Celtics would have been untouchable because right. this team, right? They play like there's nothing to lose standpoint, mm-hmm. but I don't know what happened with this series because this series, I really would, this would. Like, I use this reference because I'm from Florida stuff. I would mm-hmm. use this rivalry like a Florida and Georgia type scenario. Like, it's a huge, big rivalry. Mm-hmm. This thing has been going on since, you know, the big three in, Ce- in the Celtics, you know, right. with Kevin Garnett and stuff on. like that. Yep. And then, obviously, the, <laughs> the Justice League, Miami Heat. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's been, like, a big battle with these things. And I really thought you would put more of an extra mm-hmm. effort to battle out the Heat. Because you should be, like... Y'all be wanting to punch someone in the mouth if y'all right. lose this game. Exactly. Like, I, I need that mentality back in the NBA as a whole. <laughs> they don't. They don't. And, yeah, they don't. So, uh, I think it's over tonight. Um, I hate to say that because I love Boston. I love Jason Tatum's game. I love Jalen Brown's game. Al Hover has, like I said, has pissed me off this, this entire series. Uh, Marcus Smart, I, I feel like he's death. Emotional too, so I, I think that's the biggest thing. He's trying to learn how to be a role player. And I uh, said this numerous times. When Miami picked up Kevin Love, I was like, they're going. Right. 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 That was the extra mm-hmm. issue that they needed. Uh, Kevin Love doesn't have to do much, but Kevin mm-hmm. Love knows his spots. Yeah, exactly. I, I compare Kevin Love as like Gronk. Like mm-hmm. how like how Gronk didn't do nothing in Tampa right. until the Super Bowl. I kept telling everybody, I said, watch. <laughs> that Super Bowl, Gronk is going to be the MVP. People looked at me and was like, are you freaking nuts? He ain't catching a ball. He ain't doing this. I said, all right, yeah, watch. First touchdown, mm-hmm. Gronk. Literally, he just knows his place. He knows his place, and he saves it. He saves it up. I guess mm. <laughs> we need we need those type type of players back in our league, and unfortunately, oh. we won't get the. Um, so the NBA, the NBA is its whole. I would say the athlete, the athletic standpoint is mm. so over any generation that it's ever been. Right. And I feel like there would have been competition compared mm. to, you know, back in the day standpoint. Right. Now, granted, a lot of these guys would get more roughed up than what they are yes. nowadays. Oh, definitely. I think Draymond be put in his place 50 million times every time he stepped on <laughs> the court. Um, but I do miss that standpoint. But mm. I, And I've understand, you know, Things change, and you've got to make these generations grow, right. make longevity for the game. Mm-hmm. But it's just a, and I think this is the biggest thing too: is fans got to just watch the stuff to watch it, right? Not to be like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I was on inside seek ninety five, mm-hmm. and they told me, oh, you know, mm-hmm. such and such was sitting out today because you know the script was rolled. I was like, no. Watch it as a fan. Enjoy the. That's what the best thing about <laughs> sports itself is. Mm-hmm. It brings an emotional standpoint. <laughs> I'm a Jaguars fan. You don't know how much of a heart attack I had this season because you know I I had to go on a watch along with my friend. Shout out to my buddy Tino. Uh-huh. We were on a watch along. Shout out to Tino. And this when the Jaguars were losing to the Chargers in Jacksonville. Right. It was down 21 points right. in the first quarter. I'm sitting there, like, almost in tears, and I'm just like, man, 
And I even made a joke. I said, you know, and I even made a game because I was like, you know, Jacksonville is a second half team. They're going to do this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll drink every time they mess up. Man, <laughs> let me tell you, I can't even tell you how many alcohol beverages were in my system in the first quarter. Um, but I kept saying, hey, it's a second half team. I got faith. We're going to do this. Right. And then it's and just like, it. okay. Thank gosh, we finished because that was the biggest heart welling moment of my life. And it's like you it's crazy how sports can still have that feel for people. And and even guys like you and me, when we watch this sport and it's not the same what we right. used to watch, but not. you it's realize not. it's like, you know, you're still getting a feeling towards it. Mm. So in a way, you're able to mm. adapt to the right. the sporting standpoint nowadays. Mm. And I think that's something that as a whole, wrestling, mm. movies, or anything, right? It's pretty cool to see that you could still catch a feeling towards stuff. Of course, of course, that's the biggest thing. Um, before I let you go, I'm not watch along too because oh, yeah. I'm damn <laughs> <laughs> Before I let you go, now LeBron, I want your feeling, LeBron. Then I'll give my feeling of LeBron on the other side. <sighs> Now LeBron, LeBron says some, some things last night. He's hinting at retirement. I want your take on LeBron's legacy. If it, if it is the end, I want your take on it. And let's address the haters for a second. Oh man, you're going to put me in the hot seat today. <laughs> I'm known to be in the hot seat. All right. Um, now I will say this. You've been watching for LeBron for 20 years. Of, so for him to come out of high school. Okay. And for him to, you know, not not disappoint people. Like, from mm. the beginning of him being in the league, right. he went through the trenches. He went to a team that was not promised 15 games of the win. Sure. So, that was his first season. For him, first season, to make a revolution out of it, mm-hmm. be the talk about everything. Mm-hmm. His second season to take them to the NBA Finals out of all things, like, that was hey. unheard of. Impressive. I mean, LeBron is a game, I will say this, like, honestly, you needed a bucket list moment, mm-hmm. was at least witness one of his games. Yeah. Because yep. we're not going to get another era play like LeBron. Oh, no, we're, and I think, we're never going to get I use ref- wrestling movements all the time, references, you know. Mm-hmm. I say literally my Mount Rushmore is always, you know, as much as I'm a rock fan, everybody would say Stone Cold's first one, but mm-hmm. I say The Rock because I'm a rock fan. Right. Rock, Austin, <laughs> Hogan, Cena. And mm-hmm. there's nobody else that's going to be in between because mm-hmm. they all made a stepping stone of what the game should be. Right. Now, obviously, you have your Triple H, you have your Orton, mm-hmm. you have your Roman Reigns, and... Yep other people but mm-hmm. you don't get those players unless they played against these showcase guys that sure. made a mark into the generation okay lebron's been the most talk about guy from beginning to the end yep um do i think he's gonna retire uh i kept thinking i i remember he was saying he was not gonna retire until his son got into the league right but now, son, just now playing for USC, and that's going to be insane to watch that. Well, um, well, he's not even the best player on that team, so I feel like, I feel like any any time USC loses a game this upcoming season, he's going to get majority of blame for that. 
They put on a super squad, and that's another thing with the NIO. I, yep. I, I got touchy feelings with both ends on that, but <laughs> but with LeBron, man, like LeBron has faced all our generational players. Like LeBron's yep. main matchup, obviously, has got to be against KD. KD is the ultimate opponent for LeBron. That's true. Um, KD, I meant LeBron going against the entire Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like, they had to put the entire Warrior team to beat LeBron, beat one freaking player. Jeez. Um, Jeez. And one thing, I, and people get mad at me when I say this, but you got to respect LeBron. Regardless if he yeah. jumped teams, whatever, mm-hmm. LeBron was in the finals mm-hmm. from start up in the Miami Heat era. Uh huh. To not to the second to last of the daggum Lakers. God. You made the Lakers relevant again. You did. You made mm-hmm. you made the Lakers look like the old high class, you know, celebrities could brag right. about being at Lakers game and not just be like, Oh, I'm just here to watch one player and like mm-hmm. they were excited and realized, hey man, we got a chance to win these games again. Yep. Like, exactly. LeBron played against your Kawhi Leonard's. LeBron has played against Carmelo Anthony, which I believe Carmelo, man, I wish. Carmelo oh, got screwed. I, I, some he, of his career, man. I, oh. His career got screwed. I mean, his, his best it, his best days, to me, because cause uh, I felt like his best days were in New York. And after yes, they, they let him go, I said. When they had that what I, I said numerous times, the Knicks should have won that year. Yeah, easily, e- easily. At least, at least they had all those guys, man. Oh my gosh, that mm. group. That group was great, and um, he was the main catalyst. Uh, I, I hate the fact that uh, when he went to another team, when he went to the Thunder, they asked him to come off the bench. Then he finally yeah. gave in when he went to the Lakers. I said, okay. This man's gonna get, get screwed, and I hate. And you know, salute to the to the great Camilla Anthony, Hall of Fame player. But I felt like his career got screwed by not winning a championship. Uh, just yep. the poor organizational de- decisions in Denver at the time, and also in, in New York. Um, he had a chance. It is not his fault. It's just these organizations don't know where they want to go, even today. Yep. yep. I, I say it to, that he's this generation's Barkley. Yep. And it's sad. It's Charles sad Barkley see. is one of the greatest players around. Oh, he is. Oh, and, definitely. And everybody defends it and saying, you know, hey, you didn't win this. Mm-hmm. And that's what hurts because yeah, you put your heart into this sport. And, but I, I mean, at least LeBron won some. And I mean, that's four championships. It's hard to come by these days. Exactly, and the groups that he's had to play. Like, right. come on, man! You're actually, you're you actually, gotta. Re- you actually, he played with nobody in in Cleveland. That, that's what I keep telling people. I was like, dude, he made Mo Williams a very <laughs> talked about in the playoffs. Exactly. Who heard Mo Williams before that game? Nobody. Before he played for the Cavaliers. And nobody. Now- <laughs> I mean. And if you think about it, LeBron did almost the same things as what Le- what Michael done because Michael became more of a owner standpoint to build the Chicago Bulls right. to get his teams involved. Like when we watched, you know, the the Michael Jordan's Last Dance, mm-hmm. yeah. I really started respecting more of what LeBron's done because LeBron right. has made that same elevation of what kind of like mm-hmm. Jordan did. Jordan had to put a super squad together because to. if anybody remembers. When Jordan was scoring eighty points a night, mm. they weren't winning games. They weren't. 
They weren't. He needed. He needed some help, yeah. so he added help. Well, like you said, yeah. he added. He added additions, and that's what LeBron did. And so, exactly. uh, it, so yeah, it doesn't. LeBron I mean, does not he, only make points. Right. He's making assists. He's making rebounds. Yep. He's making blocks. Yep. I mean, LeBron was getting steals. Like it, it's insane. Like, bro. Honestly, you put LeBron on the upper part of the court, mm-hmm. and you put him at the post standpoint. Like, right. the boy can literally go any position. Like, now, am much. I saying I'm a diehard LeBron fan? No, but much. I respect what he's done because mm-hmm. he's made this game. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say better. I wouldn't say better, but he's made it relevant enough for you to still like that too. excite yourself to watch a game mm-hmm. when you watch a LeBron James game. I it's have- just something. As a showcasing standpoint, I hope he doesn't retire because I want I want to see more because I feel like he hasn't lost a step. Now the injuries has been creeping up, but I feel like he has not lost a step. Even last night, you go for forty and ten and nine, and then literally put in the team on your back. Like <laughs> they got to get rid of AD. They got to get rid of AD. It really pains me to say that because I was so excited when they first signed AD. Mm-hmm. And it's just like AD cannot stay stay healthy. He it, cannot stay healthy. It, it's all on him. Season. I mean, you have to ask like like LeBron every season, like coming coming five hours before a game, and then you're asking him to lift weights. You know, get your body right. I mean, those are the type of that. That's the ultimate sacrifice. Of and his player. body weights have influenced so much. He went from, what was it? When he started the league, he was like 260, right? Yeah, he was like 260 all bone to like muscle mass, like 265 even. Yeah. And so I'm and like. And he was flying, flying at 260 <laughs> pounds. Right. Like, you can't sit here and bash somebody for this. Like, I can't. I use this reference a lot, man. Mm-hmm. And I one of my favorite players, Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson. If he was a little bit taller, he'd probably been the greatest player of all time. He probably would have been. Because Iverson could do it all. He could. As a very short, just being short. Now, right. my favorite player, Tracy McGrady. Mm-hmm. Tracy never got hurt. I think if T-Mac would have got a damn ring, mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, T-Mac would have been in that talk with players. But yep. but when you talk about LeBron, man, LeBron has went through so many sacrifices. So much. I think the only thing that hurt LeBron mm-hmm. is when he started listening, started being more that cr- the fan, the mm-hmm. fan pleasing guy. Right. And I feel like that actually kind of gave him that toxicity mm-hmm. of realizing, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have to play as hard as I need to right. this game. I don't need to play this game or stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think that, I don't like about the league in, in ways. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're playing, mm-hmm. you should play all the games. Now, if you, you want to take some time to rest up and heal, obviously, yes. Right. All-Star Weekend, you want to do all those things, that's fine. It's All-Star Weekend. But I'll see I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the rules that they talk about, okay, they don't have to play this week or something like that. Because, no, I mean, those I fans... Like they're paying a good amount of money, which I know a Lakers ticket is not cheap. I looked mm-hmm. at a ticket because I wanted to go when they played the Magics here one mm-hmm. night. Right. And it was $450. Oh, my God. $450. This is the nosebleeds, might I add, to go watch them play against the Lakers. <laughs> or I could win Orlando Magics play the Atlanta Hawks. Right. A rivalry for $15. So... You tell me the biggest price range change to that. So you're paying (laughs) that money because you want to see LeBron James showcase. Mm -hmm. 
you're wanting to see this guy. You want to see this guy in person. You want to see if this is real. Mm. Watch what you see on TV. Like, really see this assassin right. coming on this court and just be a freak of and nature. Just dominating every single night. Dunk, lay up. I mean, I'm post up with the baddest dude on there. Like, they went away from that really post up mad. last night. Wow. My son loved because he was on Space Jam, so mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta be real nice about LeBron. My, I have actual <laughs> LeBron stuff. I'm weird, but I was like, oh, they lost last night, so not. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's not even about the Lakers. That's the funny thing. Like I used to make a joke. I was like, you know, the only thing LeBron hasn't done past Jordan was make Space Jam. <laughs> Needless to say, LeBron acting might not be your cup of tea, but hey, right. bro, hey, you tried. I loved it. Loved that you Space Jam it. movie. And my goodness, I see more purple and gold, and it has to be twenty three all <laughs> over this house. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that is funny stuff. I don't think he he retires too. I think he plays another two to three seasons. <laughs> um, I hope so. Unless his body, like like how I said with wrestling and stuff, you know. Mm. I mean, the body knows when it's done. Right. We don't know when it's done because obviously we we would be doing this until we're in the grave. Exactly. Honestly, be honest with you. Like no, nobody is. wants to sit and say this is my time. That's it. Right. And I had to witness that wrestling mm. at only 28 years old when they were, oh where goodness. I'm in a doctor's bed and they're looking at me going, Hey, you don't look the age that you are body wise. Like right. they're looking at these x-rays and looking at these things. And they're like, this doesn't match up to the age that you are right now. Mm-hmm. You need to consider something else. Right. And for three years, I had to transition from, you know, my training that I've done for so long to mm-hmm. just adapting myself to this new lifestyle. And I got okay with it. Right. And seeing new people, you know, Daniel Bryant, Paige. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one was freaking seeing Edge come back right. off the same injuries that I had, which I didn't have a broken neck, but right. it was bad. Wow. And. Wow. And you see these people coming back, and you're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let me get a t- – just let me look at it. Let me see what happens. And mm-hmm. my wife and me were really talking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. She was against it for like a year and a half, saying, no, you're not right. even going to attempt it. Don't worry about it. Right. You're done. Right. But wow. then she saw his, and then she was like, you know what? I am curious. I want to see what they would say. Right. And they looked at me after three years, and I looked at me mm-hmm. and said, dude, you don't even look like you right. had a problem. Right. That made such a relief out of me. Now, right. granted, does that mean go back and continue doing the stuff that got you hurt? Probably not. But that's the first instinct. You're like, oh, yeah, punchline is good. I'm healthy. Let's go. So it's like, you know, sometimes your body just needs to heal up and stuff. Right. But I see LeBron still playing for another three years. Right. I still think we won't see him on the court as mm. much as we've always witness to see him play, but depends. when he is on, you're going to know when he's on the court. Right. It just depends on, on the type of situations. I just look at it as like, you know, it just depends what's going on. Like, he played 47 uh-huh. minutes la- last night, so I'm like, okay, it just depends on the matchup and what other players are producing. That's how I see it. And Jokic I, is a, just a freak of nature right he's now. He's a freak of nature, and it, it, it's, it's unfortunate it's Denver's time. It's Denver's time to shine. Now, do I think they're going to win a championship? We'll see. 
But <laughs> it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be a it's gonna good be, game, uh, man. And this is and this is the Nuggets' first year. That's first year. insane to me. Oh, can't you imagine that, that, going to that's Denver? The thing I've ever heard. The champ for the NBA Finals. Damn. But we'll see what happens. But um, tell tell people where they can find you, Warren. Tell people where they can find you and everything. Hey, man, you can find me on all social media handles. Just type in Buzzing with Marlo. You can find me at Warren Marlo. You can find me at my wrestling character, American Prodigy. I have an Instagram, a Twitter. I got it. I got um, that. All social handles. Um, uh, if you can, go on my profile. You can go on my link tree. You can find my shop for our merch that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find... YouTube, we're highly on YouTube. Yep. Definitely recommend y'all check it out. I tell people all the time, man, it's free ninety nine. The like and subscribe, you ain't got to pay a dime to do it. It's free ninety nine. Um, yep. <laughs> we're laughing, but it's so it's so funny. Like we have these conversations with people, and they want to talk about your show and stuff. And you're like, uh-huh. yeah, but I didn't see you subscribe it, and I didn't see you do this. Mm. You know, we all get those people. And I'm just like, you know, it's free. It's not right. affecting anything. Exactly. Now, click subscribe. You can watch all of them. You ain't got to ask me every time. Hey, man, when's your episode coming out? <laughs> subscribe to that channel. Just, you will find you out. You'll find <laughs> out. I mean, if people can, can subscribe to uh, <laughs> Laundry like, Wrestling, then they can subscribe to your your yours po- it's your it's podcast. I people like, man, like Joe Rogan, if you like all these guys, yeah, I may not have production crew or whatever, but I will give you a feel like how you're watching these things. Exactly. And that's something that people tell me mm. all the time. They're like, they love how I give the show out. I don't pre-plan questions. I don't do any of that stuff. Right. I let these celebrities or whoever they are come mm. in and just have a genuine conversation. The only thing that's, that's different, perfect. we got a camera in front of each other right. or we're just recording the audio. We got some words. Literally tell me every single time that was so much fun because they're like, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to approach this with you not planning anything, right. and it felt like I was relieved, like mm-hmm. like they just broke the chains right. or what I call robot mode for right. celebrities and stuff because you know that's that shell. Mm-hmm. But um, all social media handles, man, you can find me on YouTube, Twitch. I got, uh, I got, I got a my episodes air on Twitter as well. Just type mm-hmm. in Buzzing with Marlo, man. We there. Oh, We're well, on all audio platforms except Pandora. I don't know why, but Pandora just wants to be mean. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, well, <laughs> well, I th- this has been fun. I, I I always like to get to love and to get to know people, uh, get to connect with people. So we'll definitely connect again, and um, we we will definitely chat it up. And thank you for joining us on the Beyond the Game, Warren. I appreciate you, and good luck to you. Uh, for everybody else coming up next, we're going to talk to some WMEA. It's Fishbowl Radio. Is to see you tomorrow And every tomorrow Maybe you're letting me borrow Your heart Is it too much to ask For every Sunday If I was at a throne Every other day to start I know people make promises All the time And they turn right around and break it 
say pose with me. I'ma chase bands to the Emmy. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Hey, today's been a fabulous day, guys. I just had two great interviews with two fabulous people. Uh, I am going to dish out their socials to go follow them, support them whatever, uh, in, in whatever way possible. I won't put that word, but it was great. Um, for everybody else, more interviews will be coming. I, I've been trying my best to get everyone engaged. This is, like I said in my previous Facebook messages, this is the off season. You know, we got the NBA finals about to start in about less than 10 days. WNBA starting, which I'm going to talk about here in a second and baseballs and full, but still we could do the interviews either way possible. Now, my take on LeBron before I try to dive into this women's basketball things. Okay. I I, I, you know, I talk to LeBron haters every day and I say, why? And I say to myself, why do people hate LeBron so much? What is wrong with y'all? Do you have some, do you have a problem with your own life that LeBron, that, that you have to hate on another man's life? Or another lady's life that, that's, that's highly successful, better than you. LeBron has rings. LeBron has wins. LeBron's committed to the game of basketball that we will never ever seen be, ever. If he decides to hang it up, which I'm hoping he does not. So, um, with that being said, I don't like the fact that we have LeBron haters out there. Y'all need to get yourself together. And fix your own life, then then pour dirt on 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 LeBron's life. You have you talk about his son going to USC. He don't even have to be going to college. He could be just a regular guy, and you won't even and you still know that's LeBron's son. LeBron don't have to play basketball for USC. He can go anywhere. You got the the his younger brother Bryce. Bryce went to from Sierra Canada to Campbell High School. And now he's going to be the best player on uh, on that team. Both of those guys. But I did say Bronny wasn't going to be the best player on the team because they, they have somebody else that averaged 20 points a game. And you know what's crazy? I saw this thing on Instagram. I saw a picture of uh, Kobe Bryant's daughter, Natalia Bryant, I saw uh Dennis Rodman's son, DJ Rodman, and Brian Jr. All of them are going to be at USC this fall. Can't you imagine? 
my gosh, that, that is, the attention is going to be so real at USC. But you want to pour dirt on on the father? Like, come on, bro. The NBA Finals is harder to go, come by. Every season is going to be a, a different team. Now we can lay out expectations and say, we can say the Warriors can go there every year. We can say the Lakers. We can't say that by the Denver Nuggets. And the Denver Nuggets got there by being together all season long. Now, if you talk about Miami and Boston, Boston was there last year. Which, by the way, if Boston loses tonight, I don't want to even hear about your motivational speech of getting to 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 the final to petition the finals next season. I don't want to hear that. I heard it this this past season. I gave y'all grace, but if y'all get swept tonight, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it anymore. Stop giving me motivational messages to build on. And go into the off season and try to get better. Just be quiet for an off season, for goodness sake. So, um, so don't ever. I'm not ever going to pour any, and I don't even want to hear any LeBron haters because there's something pro, there's something wrong with your life that you want to pour on somebody else's. But that's my little rant. All right. So let's get into some WNBA stuff. Now, the first game was Friday. Uh, this season is going to be really, really interesting. Number one, Brittany Griner's back. And Brittany Griner, her first two games, averaging 23 points and eight rebounds and two blocks. Um, the problem, well, actually, I can give you a good thing. The good thing is that Brittany Griner's back. The problem is these people who who are disrespecting Brittany Griner, and you know who you are. You say, "Okay, let's keep her there. Let's uh, let, let's not show up to the games." My other problem is with the coach. The coach said it's supposed to be sellout. Okay. Coach, 14,000 people is a sellout for the WNBA. I'm not trying to disrespect the WNBA because I love the WNBA, but 14,000 people for that arena is pretty good for somebody that, for somebody that, that spent time in, in Russia to come play basketball in the U.S. That's pretty good. I mean, you, I mean, the, the league only gets a total of three to three to four thousand people a night. I mean, that's, that's decent for women's basketball, but we need to grow the game. And it's always growth, 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 growth. But no one, none of these WNBA leaders are not going to listen to us. They don't care about, uh, they don't care about us. They don't care about the product. They care about the money that get, gets brought in. It's cheap money that gets brought in. Cause we're watching women's basketball all season long. They, they worry about the networks. They worry about, uh, uh, um, um, not being consistent. That, that, the, the, their worries are far less about growing the game. They, they can, they can not care about that, but they do care about Brittany Griner, which let's hear from her right now and see, and, when I play this clip, you have to 
understand the person, what what she's gone through over the last nine months, being in another country, desperate for uh, for our attention. Let's play that clip right now. Um, court in a you know a real game and everything. The love from you know the fans when I came out was amazing. Uh, the players, uh, you know, I, I I definitely feel it. I definitely feel it. I appreciate everything a little bit more. You know, all the little small moments that you know I used to just like, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I don't want to go to practice today. Or oh, this that. I think that that has changed honestly. Just appreciating everything because you know tomorrow's not guaranteed. You don't know what it's going to look like. So I think that's kind of how. I, how Okay, so, so we are grateful that Brittany Grant is back with us, guys. And the coach that, like I said, the problem that I have with the coach Nygaard is that you're not going to expect 20,000 people to come to your game. I mean, I'm sorry that like, I care about the game, but you're not going to bring 20,000. I'm sorry. I don't know what type of league you're in, Vanessa. But that ain't happening, girl. That ain't happening at all. So we have to appreciate what she brings to what Brittany Ryan brings to the game. And I don't want people. I'm sounding a devil's advocate here, but I don't want people to shine the light, the attention on her throughout the season, or bring out her story, because you got to remember, there's other players in the WNBA that have fabulous stories that we want to hear from. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Brittany Griner and her, and her team don't want to hear that at all. I mean, as, as the season goes on, we don't want to hear that. We just, they just want to play basketball every single night, and that's it. And have the fans come and support, bring their other fans, just, just try to grow the fan base. So we have to take away our attention for the time being of Brittany Griner being here with us and not and telling her story. I'm pretty sure she's going to be asked for numerous times and it's fine for now, but later on, let, let's try to uh, check on her, check on everyone else and go from there and try to grow this game as much as we can because the WNBA has got great products. It's just that we got to bring the other people with us. And we got to make sure that the leaders of the WNBA do their job by putting others on TV, period, so that they can shine. Well, actually, not on TV, but um, but everywhere in the press, have people talk about it. Of course, on this show, we, we will definitely dive into some WNBA stuff to see fit. All right, so. Um, so this is another accountability qu- uh, clip. It's not directed towards Brendan Griner, but I want to. I want everybody to know that you can be held accountable for your actions. And Coach Missoula is failing the team in Boston. And I want this is just a motivational qu- clip, not only for the Celtics but for everybody. Let's play that clip right now. Biggest game of the season, a game you had to have, and you guys just looked completely lost after the first six minutes. What exactly happened out there? Uh, 
I just didn't have him ready to play. Like the last 48 hours? Um, yeah, just, I just didn't have him ready to play. I should have, uh, whatever it was, whether it was a starting lineup or it was an adjustment, just I have to get them in a better place ready to play, and that's on me. You said you thought the defensive identity has been lost. Um, when did that happen? What have you seen that that shows you that the, the defensive identity is going right now? Uh, just these last couple games, you know, I think just the execution, um, you know, we're just, we're not connected. Uh, usually at our best, we're connected, we're together, uh, we're physical on the defensive end, and we just, we don't have that right now. Joe, I don't want to say you lost this team, but is there a disconnect between you and the players at this point? Is there something not quite working that might have worked in February or January that you're tr- you're not telling them to lose by 28 points, but they're, and they're, you're telling them to try. So is there a disconnect? Yeah, that's where I have to be better is figure out what this team needs to make sure that they're connected, they're physical, and they're together by the time we step on the floor. Cause that disconnect. Um, not sure. Okay, so you heard Coach Mazula talk about a disconnect and being accountable, and, and and I agree with everything he has said. So number two, uh, let's the Aces and the Liberty. Now, the Aces played their one game against Seattle, beat them one hundred five to sixty four. They may be the best team in the league. You got Angel. Asia Wilson, Candace Parker, Kelsey Blount, Chelsea Gray, uh, Jackie Young. Who else am I missing? Uh, I think that's, that's it. Those five players that I mentioned will get you, will get the aces over the top. Now I can say the Liberty. The Liberty has Sabrina Nescu, Jaquel Jones, uh, Stephanie Dolson, Brianna Stewart, uh, Brittany Laney, Marie Johannes, uh, and that's it. I mean, I may be missing some players in there. So it's going to be a lot harder for the Liberty to find that connection. And I think they found it against the Fever, which, by the way, they're going to be an upcoming team soon enough. But, um, but at the same time, the Aces and Liberty are going to be one. The Liberty maybe one, two, maybe not even one, maybe probably even like three or four or five, but the Liberty will, the Aces will be there. They will be there all season long. They can play defense. They have a great coach offensively and they, they're very connected. So you always, so like my guy Warren said, you always got to find, you always got to have a connected team. The Aces have that. The Liberty, it takes time to work t- together because Sabrina Inescu last year was scoring the points. And now you have Rihanna Stewart and Jacqueline Jones there. Sabrina is more of a decoy now, decoy now. So her name will be called upon when those two are struggling or hurt. She could hook up the scoring. And so, um, so I do. So who survives? The Aces do because the Aces have the best roster in the league. Number three, and our last point, our very last point is I'm going to name two teams that could be surprising and two teams that need work. Connecticut Sun. How they do things without Jaquel Jones. Jaquel Jones was your main leader, your um, the main scorer. Now you transition to a new coach and players that they're, they still have the same team, 
maybe you add a few pieces here and there. Uh, Brianna Jones is no joke. She backed up Jaquel when she, when she was there. She could provide scoring a little bit and potentially leadership. Uh, the Washington Mystics, Elena Dananon has been the healthiest player this past season. This is the healthiest so far. So far, remember they only played two. They have only played the first two games. So, uh, if she can, so the season's forty games. She, if she can play at least twenty five, it's success. Because she's injury prone, and um, she has she can develop some consistency in those times that she is off. Um. And I want to tell you two teams that need development. Seattle Storm, you know, obviously you lose a, a Hall of Famer, Sue Bird, in retirement. So you have to depend on Drew Lloyd to lead you. It could work out, may not. I mean, you got to understand Drew Lloyd needs others to follow her. So if they could follow her lead, Seattle can get up there. They can be three and four. But... It's going to take time to get these players going, to find that lead, to find that niche. It's kind of like the Indiana, Indiana Fever. They have a new coach as well. Uh, with them, you got to find consistency. You have Aaliyah Boston there. I think Aaliyah Boston is primed for a great rookie season. I think my pick for the rookie season, rookie of the year, will be Aaliyah Boston. South Carolina's guard heavy, and it's not Don State. Don State wants a guard heavy team, and she has a guard heavy team. And remember that I've mentioned Zaya Cook and Destiny Henderson back in the day. They were they used to get their shots off, um, from afar. So South Carolina's a guard heavy team. It didn't fit Aaliyah Boston's preference. So Aaliyah Boston, when she got to the, when she played her first game, I felt like she was a little comfortable. She got a lot of offensive rebounds, uh, defensive rebounds. She scored a lot of points. She had 15 points the first game. Can't remember she had the second game, but it's setting up for success was in the, in the fever. Do I think they're going to be successful this year or the next? No, I it just give it like 2025, 2026. If the league were to last that long, then you'll see the transition of where the India fever go. The reason why I said the league may not last that long is because the because we're going to see more play more players that got drafted, more good players that are on that were on teams that were successful for the past two to three, three seasons get released. And then we're all shocked to say, well, you know, they should play, they should have a development league. They should have an overseas league and nobody's trying to go overseas. We're not saying we're trying, that's where the money is, but we're not chasing the money. We're trying to stay in the U.S. to work on our game. Most of these players have done that, but we got to have some resources in place for these players to be successful. So when you release a player like Alexis Morris, when you release a Brave Bill, when you release uh, uh, um, Emily Essinger, when you release players like that that played college ball, they, that performed well on the college teams, you got to provide that development league. You have the resources to do that. But somebody in there will, won't have the right mind 
to have that going right now. Because it's all about them. You got to make sure that the players are taken care of. That's why the league is going to fail as, as it is. If, if they go into the same rate. Now add more teams. Add a development league. Then everything's all well. You can add 18 more teams. The U.S. has 50, 50 states. Every team in that state should have a team. Or at least a development league. For that matter. Hopefully by 2025 we'll have that. As the commissioner has said. Expand the rosters to be the next one. All this is easy enough. It just takes the right minds in the room to say, you know what, let's go with it. But that's my little WNBA rant of the day. Um, I do hope I, you know, this has been a fabulous show today. I love it. This has been my best show possible because we had two guests on at the same time. And my boy Gabe was not here today. Um, he is probably, <laughs> probably celebrating, well, not even celebrating, probably a little bit emotional with the Lakers loss. You know, he never thought it was a sweep. Both of those guys, I'm going to get them today. I'm going to get them today. They said Lakers is six. And I said Nuggets is six. I mean, I thought, okay, maybe the Lakers can grab one game. They grabbed neither. And so I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I feel like, the Lakers will be there uh, for years to come. If LeBron stays. If not, then they got to go with another person. All right, guys. That's my little spiel today. Um, I want you all to like, subscribe, comment, wherever maybe Listen to this podcast and, and other shows that I have produced on your favorite podcast brand, platform, wherever that may be. But next week, we're going to preview the NBA Finals. Who does Denver play? What matchups do I like to see? We're going to dive that in and some more coming up next on the next game, on the next show. But let's send prayers up to Sammy. Um, yeah, so let's send prayers to Sammy. And thank you for Angela for running the board today. A uh, little confusion during the day, uh, before the show. Apologize for that. But, guys, I'll see you next week on Beyond the Game Podcast. Take care of yourselves and each other. Hey, world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.